0: Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Two Brothers One Mike. I'm Joe, and as always, my brother Coach Tony is here, and with us today, Mr. Marco Pasqua. Hey everybody, welcome to Two Brothers One
1: Mike, as Joe just said. And Marco Pasqua, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing
2: really well, and I'm honored to be here today, guys.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh we we just uh we're gonna be transparent here. Marco has been a savior uh for us here on Two Brothers One Mike. I'm not one to listen. I'm not one. I've had so many mishaps already when it comes to technology. And you know what? I'm going to call my brother out. We just did what did we do? About 10 minutes. About 10 minutes. minutes. And Marco picked up on the fact we were not recording. (laughs) So we had a fantastic conversation.
0: You guys missed it all. You guys missed it all, sir. So we
1: want to thank you guys for
2: being here, and remember to be the best Jew.
1: No, uh, we're no, going obviously... to
2: go back to the future and actually start over with what we were we we're saying with each other. So there we and go. And that
1: and that leads me right into what I want to talk about. So people might be saying, "Okay, who was Marco Pasquale?" You might know this already, ladies and gentlemen. But we're going to talk today. We always talk about feel good stories, and we talk about being the best Jew and overcoming adversity and things of that nature and and when it comes to this gentleman right here who's with us today as our guest on two brothers one mike he has done just that and you're gonna find out exactly uh what he has done and by the end of the show you will understand why uh we absolutely had to have him as a guest on on the show today so and and i'm gonna even make it even a, a shorter story this time than i did in the um show that wasn't recorded 10 minutes ago um I was watching, as everybody knows, being an 80s fan, I was watching a show on Hulu called Back in Time, and it was everything about Back to the Future. It was about the DeLorean. It was about... um, Leah Thompson and Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox. I think you guys have heard of him. And, and, and everything about the making of the movie, the ups and downs, the trials and tribulations, and how the movie was so successful and why it is such, even generations later, why it is such a big deal till this very day. Well, about 54 minutes into the show, they interviewed a young man and he began to talk about his journey in life, and how it related and tied to the show and who he related to uh, so much, uh, one of the actors in the show, Mr. Michael J. Fox. And he talked a lot about his adversity and, and overcoming it and all the different things he's involved in now. And as I was listening to him speak, I said to myself, we have to figure out a way. This is a great feel-good story. Love to have him on the show. So I reached out to him Forty hour, <clears throat> excuse me, 48 hours later. If that, um, here he he was messaging me back. So uh, we finally have been able to get the stars aligned. And here we are in a recorded interview with Mr. Marco Pasqua. Marco, uh, I guess the, the best thing to do first and foremost is talk about what it is that is a quote unquote limitation for you in life.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So for those of you who are just listening or even can't really tell, uh, based on what you can see in video, uh, I actually was born with cerebral palsy. And so for me, that means that I use a manual wheelchair uh, to get around. And so when I was born, I was only two pounds, 10 ounces. I only weighed about the size of two butter packages and doctors told my parents that I would be even lucky to survive the night. In fact, they told my mom to not even bother to sign the birth certificate. because they thought I was gonna die. Uh, So that was quite a traumatic experience for my family at the beginning of my life. But because I was born on Independence Day, and I'm a Canadian, but I was born on July 4th, I actually take that to heart. You know, I've got a lot of American friends and I believe in independence. And so I feel like that's my stamp from the universe to say it's my duty to show my independence and to show how I can overcome adversity to be my best self. And so with that, I just really began my life uh, spending a lot of time in hospitals as a child, having over 13 surgeries before even my 13th birthday, uh, just to combat uh, the disability that was impacting uh, my ability to walk. And, uh, so here we are today. I won't dive too much deeper into it, but I've basically looked at my life as an opportunity to share my perspectives and to show people that the word disability doesn't necessarily mean disadvantage. It's just on how you see the world and what you do with the circumstances that you've been given.
1: yeah, and and that's why I said, quote unquote, limitations because when i what I followed uh, so far in your journey, uh, when I see the word limitations, I think to myself, I don't know exactly what limits this guy. Uh, he doesn't seem to, it's either he's going through it, over it, or around it. And uh, and so that's why I said, quote unquote, limitations, um, because it truly is an inspiration to see all that you have done. And I think people are going to begin to notice that and understand that more and more as the interview goes on. Um, and and here was something that, and you talked about this in the in the show back in time when you were interviewed i you're i know your dad wanted you to be an athlete and he wanted you to participate in sports and you basically said no problem i'll go ahead and do that it led you to um 22 gold medals i believe right. talk a little bit about all of that
2: Yeah, so uh, my dad, what a quintessential Italian that he is. I'm only first-generation Canadian. My dad immigrated here from Calabria um, before I was born. And so he had this dream of one day, if I'm lucky enough to have a son, I want him to be a soccer superstar. And as you said, um, unfortunately, due to my disability, I wasn't able to play traditional soccer Uh, or football, as they say in Europe. Um, But instead, I said to my dad, you know what, dad, instead of playing soccer, I'm going to show you what I am capable of. So I went ahead and got involved in wheelchair basketball, track and field, horseback riding, swimming, and weightlifting. And I ended up competing um, in my province's bc summer games and winter games for athletes with disabilities to earn over 22 gold 10 silver and two bronze medals in those various sports to show my dad that even though i had to do things a little bit differently that i could still be that athlete that he knew i had inside of me and i really took that to heart because before any of my other coaches my dad was my number one coach just being there for me being a good role model and being a good father figure and male figure in my life and I think that really impacted uh the man that I am today well
1: I I have to ask this question when you're going through this whole process especially competing in those games and earning all those medals what what is he saying to you at this point as you're doing that
2: Yeah, well, you know, my dad is, uh, much like you're a huge fan of the 80s, which I am as well, my dad's a huge fan of the 70s. So he would always relate uh, things back to his favorite disco music, right? (laughs) Um, So the song We Are Family by Sister Sledge, uh, he would always say to me, before the beginning of every race, have faith in you and the things you do. And I don't know why that always sticks with me, but just remembering that my dad would love to dance to himself, being his own John Travolta in our living room, (laughs) and then just hearing his voice singing, Sister Sledge, have faith in you and the things you do. It sounds crazy, but that was motivation enough for me to show my dad that I could be a proud member of my family and also be able to take home a few golds along the way.
1: (laughs) A A few? (laughs) <laughs> 22 was <laughs> a lot more than a few the last time I checked my math um, but I, I absolutely love the tie into the 70s there uh, that, that is fantastic and so here's 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 the thing that just is amazing to me and here's a question I have for you before we move on with the show today for sure uh, at what point or at any point during Any of this competition, okay? as far as whether it was soccer, whether or or, or whatever version of that you would play, as well as, (laughs) you know, horseback riding, swimming, um, uh, basketball, Basketball. you said, was there any was there a point where the chips were down and you said to yourself, I'm not good at this. I'm not. There's something here that this isn't me. Um, This is not meant for me. Uh, I I'm just doing this for somebody else. And and you, you kind of, kind of in, you had to mentally put yourself in a situation where you said to yourself, I can do this. The word can't Mm -hmm. is no longer in my vocabulary
2: yeah I I mean I think that every athlete goes through those experiences in fact every human being goes through those experiences Um, it's the quintessential hero's journey where you have to go through the trials and tribulations uh, in your life and whatever journey that you happen to be going on but it's through those experiences that you actually pull out the best version of yourself and I wouldn't have been an obsessed back to the future fan and obsessed with time travel and the idea of controlling your own destiny if that wasn't already ingrained in my DNA to begin with. So reflecting on the fact of every time we have a decision to make in any challenge that we have, there's a fork in the road. And at every one of those fork in the roads, you can decide which version of yourself you're about to become. And, you know, with that motivation in and of itself, you always push yourself that much further to become that best version of yourself in that exact moment. So, yes, there were times where I was cut. I had scrapes. I had bruises. I wasn't getting the time. I wasn't beating my personal best. Um, I even had a fear of water after one of my races because I was knocked unconscious. And to get back into the water after being knocked unconscious uh, unexpectedly and to be able to overcome those challenges. In fact, um, because of my cerebral palsy, uh, I'm very sensitive to cold water. My butt, my muscles get very tight and I end up becoming like a rock in the water. Would you believe it or not that that's the same thing that the, propelled me to get so many gold medals? Because I raced as fast as I could just to get out of the water quickly uh, so that I could finish the race. And I tell you, if that's not motivation, then I don't know what is. It was just, I have to continue to push myself beyond my comfort zone um, or to, to seek the discomfort in my own life, to seek Seek the other side of fear in order to uncover those sides of myself. And I was able to do that um, through hard work, determination, and perseverance.
1: Folks, uh, if you have ever listened to any shows, especially the one where me and Joe talk about in season one, The Best You, and we talk about all the things of overcoming uh, and the determination you must have and how to stay out of your comfort zone because nothing ever grows there. I remember saying that specifically. I could not have given a better motivational speech within an interview than this gentleman has just given us. I want you to take everything he just said with you. As we're going to take a break for a second, we're going to hear from our sponsor. When we come back, we will continue our interview with Mr. Marco Pasqua. Stay right there, everyone. We'll be right back.
0: Two Brothers One Mike is sponsored by Kitchen Apps, perfectly prepared portions. Hey, Youngstown area listeners, I know we've talked about KitchenAbs in the past and all they have to offer in food prepping services and protein pancake mixes, but there's another great product they offer we had to let our listeners know about their own name brand seasonings. They've got a huge selection to choose from as well turkey, taco, tomato basil, baja, citrus fajita, barbecue rub, blackened seasoning, as well as steak and meat seasons. And that's just to name a few. You know my favorite part? Besides all of the flavors, of course. It's that they're all low sodium, made with no fillers and MSG free. Know what else is great about them? You can order them right from the Kitchen Abs website. Just go to www.kitchenabs.com. That's ABZ.com. Click on store and choose the flavors of your choice. Again, that's KitchenAbs.com. Now back to our podcast. Welcome back, everybody. So uh,
1: already a fantastic interview is in place here. And and um let me ask you this. Speaking of, we, we ended it with what I considered a great motivational speech within an interview, right? When it comes to motivational speaking, that's one of the things you do. And mm. I read where you were already doing this uh, in terms of motivational speaking at the age of
2: 10. Is that where it started? <laughs> That is where it started. Uh, So first and foremost, I do want to clarify, I actually like to call myself an inspirational speaker. And the reason being is that I find that different people are motivated by different things. So if I can help them to find what inspires them or inspire them to find that motivation, I think that that's really the difference. As you can tell, I'm a very high energy guy, right? So- For me, to inspire people to find whatever makes them tick is super, super important. And I think that that was ingrained in me at an early age. Being somebody that's had a disability my entire life, I had the opportunity to be a spokesperson and ambassador for many charities um, across across Canada. And one of the charities was a charity that I went to summer camp when I was a a kid. And uh, that camp actually had a national telethon that they would do that would that would be on television and I remember they asked me they would have Santa Claus come out because it was around Christmas time it was called the Timmy's Christmas telethon and uh, what they would do is they'd have Santa Claus come out and meet the kids uh, you know some of us with disabilities uh, in wheelchairs crutches canes that kind of thing and I remember the first time I was on the show I was just kind of a background person who was in impacted by the funds raised to go to camp for children with disabilities and i was so energetic that one of the hosts came over and he said you know this guy is is kind of energetic this was when i was about eight years old and he goes can i interview you son and i said absolutely sure so he starts interviewing me and he says why do you think this is so important and i said well you know if people keep on giving each and every year then we can keep on going to each of Seal's camp and have a good time and uh He he said, I couldn't put it better myself, Marco. And then I whipped out a check of my own hundred dollars that I showed everyone on the camera. And I said, if I can do this, I'd like to give this so that more kids can keep going every year and having that good time. And the host is somebody that I look up to. He's a legend here in British Columbia and Canada. His name is by the name of Red Robinson. He interviewed the Beatles uh, when they came to Mm -hmm. my province. He interviewed Elvis. Uh, He's very, very uh, famous here. And when he said to me, how would you like to come back next year and and do what we like to call promotions and be an ambassador for this program, would you like that? And I just so coyly said, yeah. Sure, you know but I had no idea what I was agreeing to at the time and it was a whirlwind I was invited out to various charitable events I was flown all across my province um, and across uh, the country to raise awareness about this and it really sparked a fire in me because I was on stage looking out this huge audience of people because back in the 90s you know people would actually come to events like this before social media and so we had a packed stadium of people and I was being broadcasted across the country. So I knew in that moment that I was being aired to thousands if not hundreds of thousands of people and I said, "Wait a minute. This is an opportunity where you can use your voice for good. There is things that you can do with the media and with various outlets to do good things." And it really it sparked a fire in me. I just didn't know that that was going to be my path at that time. Uh, I ended up pursuing a completely different career in video game design, but it was when I lost my job in the 2010, uh, 2008 to 2010 recession that my girlfriend at the time, my now wife, said yes and she was so excited and i was like why are you excited that i lost my job and she's like because you were never meant to do this you want to talk about paths and your destiny you were meant to light a fire in people and i think that this is your calling to now start from scratch start your business as a speaker do it the right way and get out there and start lighting a fire in other people so i took her advice and uh here we are
1: Mar- marco can i tell you something Sure. Your wife is a very, very smart individual. <laughs> I'm ready to put on a football helmet and, and and run out on the you know through the tunnel. And I, it, it's it, you have a gift for sure. And anybody who's watching this right now, if they're not motivated by truly the passion that you're bringing to this interview or any interview that anybody can watch uh, that you do, whether it's live or whether it's it's video or, or taped, um, I I don't know that. I've ever seen, I mean, there's, there's great motivational speakers out there. Mr. Les Brown, uh, Mr. Eric Thomas, uh, Tony Robbins. And and so you bring, you remind me of Les Brown or is it going to be one day? Les Brown reminds me of Marco Pasqua. I mean, that, that (laughs) might be, that
0: might be the way it's going to be looked at here in the near future.
2: So that's very flattering. Thank you. (laughs)
0: Let me, one thing, Tony, I I want to tell you something, Marco, what I, what I believe here. Okay. And, and hear me through here that hear this out. Um, I don't believe that you have cerebral palsy. I think cerebral palsy has a bad case of the Marco. Okay. <laughs> you, uh, seriously, you could have you could look at it this either way. It's all about mindset. Right. And and yeah. the fact is, I think it has you stage four. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you know, I don't even know if it works that way. But you get my point. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah. talking about, you know, this is definitely something that that you know, is not limiting you again as Tony said limitations right so all right just had to had to get all that right. out
2: I really, I really, really appreciate that. You know, for me, this is something where I take it as whether somebody is spiritual, religious, or anything else, I take it as this is actually my true calling. You know, I I always say that you're only as good as the last person that remembers you. So I truly want to be remembered for making an impact. And whether that's on a small stage, or a large stage, as long as I can create a ripple effect with those around me, or those that I am fortunate enough to have the honor of touching their life in some way, or they're touching my life then i'm i'm extremely happy you know i i, I take it very seriously because I, I myself am a father now too and maybe we can get into that a little bit later but i i take it very seriously i want to show a positive example for my daughter and what she's capable of hey, how old is your daughter now She's uh, 17 months and she is 17 months going on 17. Let me tell you, I, maybe it's because it's in the DNA, but uh, she's extremely advanced. My wife and I can't explain it. My wife was in speech therapy with her career before she got into what she's doing now. And my daughter has well over a hundred words. She's already stringing together sentences. And at 17 months, I'm not even joking for this interview. Her first sentence ever was, I got this. We actually framed it in a, so, so anytime she ever has self-doubt I'm gonna tell her in the future your very first sentence was I got this and that to me it just as a as an inspirational guy that like touched my heart in ways I can't even describe
1: well I could tell you that both of my children their very first words were mine give me and that was all I, that, that was that was it
0: um my my kids were all no all three of them no no,
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> So, so you, Marco, you're ahead of us. You're ahead of both of the guys on Two Brothers, One Mike when it comes to that. Bragging rights for, Mar- for Marco uh, Pasqua. Um, when, when you talk about things like um, uh, social equality, um, inclusion, um, things like um, uh, disabilities, you, you are a huge uh, advocate of these, of these different things. What is it, boy, this is such a generalized question, but I'm going to give you the, the, the platform, the stage, so to speak. Sure. What is it that you're doing to advocate these three specific items that I just mentioned?
2: Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think it's really important when you can, A, say that you're you know well-spoken and you can articulate a message. But it's much more impactful if you can articulate that message and actually create the impact that you're describing. You know, uh, I often say that in the um, in any community, there's there's two types of people: there's uh, advocates and activists. And so the difference between an activist and an advocate is that an activist comes to a a crossroads or a cornerstone and comes to a a problem with more and more problems. They just scream at the top of their lungs about the problems. They come with no solutions. Whereas an advocate says, here are the things that I find as a problem, and I've actually come prepared with you with solutions on how we can work together to make this happen. The reason I think that that's important to mention is that my entire life I've shaped myself around being an advocate for the things that are important to me. But I don't just want to do that as a standard civilian without the knowledge to back that up. So when I... Wanted to really empower myself to know more about accessibility and universal design. I went and actually got designated as a there's a gentleman by the name of Rick Hansen here in Canada. He uh, for those of you who don't know, he's a Paralympian who wheeled around the world in his wheelchair in 1985, my same birth year, actually. Um, and he successfully did it. I'm literally talking about wheeling the Great Wall of China all the way through Britain, all the way back to Canada. And to date, he's raised over 250. to $300 million for spinal cord injury research as he acquired a disability when he was 14 years old. This is a guy that um, I looked up to my entire life, literally a person I had a poster of on the back of my wall. Now, the reason why this is relevant is that years later, back in 2014, I had an opportunity after delivering my first TED Talk um, to work with Rick Hansen uh, by 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 chance or by fate, you might say. And Rick was somebody who I'd always looked up to because he was a very good wheelchair basketball player. Um, he was a Paralympian, and as it happens, and uh, you know when Rick saw my passion and my energy, he said to me at that time, "It's great that you want to talk about technology and bettering yourself and leadership, but you're doing the world a disservice." by not talking about accessibility and universal design. What I think you really need is the backing and the understanding of what it is that I've been building within my program. And Rick has developed an amazing certification program here um, uh, that's international that goes above and beyond building code. So what did I do to become an advocate? I actually became a professional, learned that system, learned how to go above and beyond code. And now to apply those same principles, in everything i do when it comes to talking as an accessibility consultant now, and then learning how to um, understand inclusion in the workplace, I actually had the opportunity to work with a group here called the President's Group, which is 25 of the biggest change-driven business leaders across my province who are driven towards making more inclusive workspaces. And so I was one of the lead consultants for all 25 companies, and it's with that that I gained the information and the knowledge on how to help people from a policy perspective, and how to change um, their mindset around hiring people with disabilities. So to summarize what I just said to you, not only was I applying my skill sets as a speaker, but now I had the backing of being a designated accessibility professional to look at the built environment on how you can make improvements for people, not just with uh, mobility disabilities, but all kinds of disabilities. To, To top that off, I wanted to be more than that. So I learned all of the facets on how to create inclusive workspaces. So not only can you get inside the building now, but you can actually work successfully within those those buildings. And it's with all of that, Tony, that I basically feel like I'm uh, summarizing exactly what you asked. This is exactly why it matters to me, but you can't just speak on these things from just a lived experience perspective, I do think you do need the professional backing so that people can trust the information that you're putting out there. And you would know that as a coach.
1: Yeah, and, and, and I I absolutely do know that as a coach when it comes to uh, the difference uh, between an activist and an advocate, um, you can apply that in the same way uh, with different principles when it comes to what is expected of you as a coach. Um, yes. But the, the one thing that made me kind of laugh is not something you said that I didn't believe, but when you said what an activist was, I immediately went to about 30% of my Facebook friends who <laughs> on a daily basis are activists for everything from Aaron Rodgers to Michael Jordan versus LeBron James to COVID-19 to Republican versus Democrat and everything else that's going on in this country. The, right
0: now. These are the people that have a problem for every solution. <laughs>
1: that that's right exactly yeah, yeah, right yeah
0: yeah so so
1: i and that was when you said activist and you describe what it is as opposed to an advocate um i get so how do you, you you seem to be one of the busy i thought i was busy i thought joe was a busy guy together we both think we're busy guys you seem to be up at the crack of dawn and moving all day long do you get
2: tired You know what? I think that being an entrepreneur my entire life has trained me um, on what I need to do in order to be a good dad and vice versa. So now that I am a dad in the past 17, 18 months and I've been able to really be there for my daughter, I've just... (laughs) I've really kind of tapped into something that's truly special. They say the most successful people in the world get up at the crack of dawn. And I truly believe that that is the case in some perspectives. But I think that it's more about what you mentioned earlier. Both both you and Joe mentioned, Tony, and that is mindset you know, if you're going to sit there and spend your entire life sleeping on opportunity, then it's going to sleep on you, right? And so I look at an opportunity of if I'm up first, that means I'm beating the competition. It means that I'm out there being able to make even more of an impact. And I can look back and if, uh, you know, if there is such thing as reflecting on your life when you're God, I want to be able to look back and say that I used every single moment that I could to squeeze the orange for every bit of pulp that it had and uh So that's what I I take it. You know, I also am a fan of coffee, which helps with the caffeine, but I try (laughs) to keep it to a minimum. I only have about one cup a day because for me, it's actually about a healthy diet as much as it is a a healthy lifestyle. And so, you know, uh, years ago, I used to eat quite unhealthy, even as an athlete. And it's only within, I would say, the past 10 to 12 years that I've really started to reflect on that and change my diet, which has really helped to change everything in my life. And it's made a big, big impact on my athleticism as well.
1: Yeah. When it comes to the diet that's that that could be another show definitely where I would love to hear because we do on this show we do talk about nutrition we talk about exercise we talk about mental well-being which is obviously uh where you fit in to to the uh, uh you know the the idea uh that the show you know the background of the show uh but before we get into something else there's two more things I want to ask you about but before we get to those we're going to hear from another sponsor here real quick
0: Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Two Brothers One Mike is sponsored by YSN, your sports network. Loyal, local, live. Hey everyone, it's Joe from Two Brothers One Mike. For all of our sports enthusiasts out there from the Northeast Ohio and Western Pennsylvania area with busy schedules, we know you can't always make it to the big game. Well, we have some great news for you. Now is your chance to listen or watch your favorite high school teams compete on the YSN Network covering multiple sports from more than 50 area high schools as well as Youngstown State University Baseball and the Mahoney Valley Scrappers and so much more what's that no longer live in the northeastern Ohio or western Pennsylvania area no problem you can go to ysnlive.com on any browser or download the YSN live app available on both the app store and google play so you can listen wherever you'd like to start your sports binge and streaming experiences today. Now, back to our podcast.
1: Welcome back, everybody. So, two more questions. And, and not because there's a time limit to the show, but because I have two more questions. So, uh, it's, it's real simple sometimes. I want to I know a little bit more about the Q principle. Mm. What, what is the cube principle, if you could tell our listeners, or actually our viewers, maybe?
2: Yeah, so as I mentioned to you, when I was speaking to my mentor, Rick Hansen, he, he mentioned about how um, it's great that I'm talking about leadership and connection and all these things, but it's a wasted opportunity if I wasn't talking about accessibility. To give you an idea about that leadership and, and connection, piece of things, that is the cube principle. And cube is an acronym that stands for creatively utilize your best energy. You see, I had it backwards. I thought that if I built my business around how I was making connections, because people kept asking me, Marco, how the heck are you meeting the people that you're meeting, you know, athletes, celebrities, superstars, doing the things that you're doing? And, uh, you know, I would just so casually be like, you know, it's all about authenticity. It's all about, you know, making the right connections, but actually showing that you have true value to give in both ways in the relationship. I just creatively utilize my best energy, I guess is how I would describe it. And enough people kept saying to me, can you show me how to do that? I said, you want me to show you how to be authentic? And they're like, yeah, I said, well, obviously, there's uh, a different kind of pandemic out there, which is people forgetting what it means to be a real person with all the avatars and social media and all these things that we can hide behind. And so that's really what I started my business on is really showing people how to utilize their best energy, know, know that you don't have to be the best at everything that you do, but that you probably have a network of people around you who are pretty darn good at a number of different things. And if you work together towards a common goal to support each other to get to those, goals and actually give without uh, expectation, as uh, Mr. Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk would say, give without expectation. I am a big proponent of that. So give without expectation and the things will come back to you, All you know, the the rules of manifestation. And so I started to show people my own way, you know, people would relate it, maybe some clients I've worked with would relate it back to uh, The Secret uh, from many, many years ago, uh, uh, back in the uh, 90s, early 2000s, there was that book called The Secret about manifestation but the one thing that I don't like about the secret is that it basically says, just make a vision board. And if you have a Ferrari on there and you think really hard and you kind of just really think about it, you know, you'll get there eventually through manifestation. What that actually misses is the action component to it. You can think about a Ferrari all day long, but if you're not doing things to, uh, to get yourself closer and closer to that Ferrari by taking action in your life, to get yourself into circumstances that will get you there, then you're not gonna get anywhere. And that's where the Q principle really comes in. It's taking meaningful, actionable steps that are gonna get you to where you need to go, make the connections that you do, and surprise, surprise, do it in a way that isn't about acquiring said material items, but how can you support the people in your network to get to where they need to go? And I found that the more I was doing that for other people, the more that I was getting back in dividends just in my life in general, because people said, you know what, Marco did me a solid, I'm gonna do him a solid. And so that's exactly what the Q principle is. And that's how I started my speaking career, really, when I started my business professionally. But I learned through Rick, it's through the lived experiences of being a person with a disability, not worrying about being pigeon-held, about talking about accessibility and disability just because I had a disability, which was one of my hangups, I didn't want to be that guy who just talked about disability because they say, oh, well, it's token. Of course, he uses a wheelchair. Of course, he's going to talk about that. So I set out with the Q-principle first. What I actually found was the reverse. The more that I could show people my lived experience, my value, and my authenticity through understanding the world through disability and accessibility, the more they asked me about the Q principle and wanting to learn more, as opposed to the other way around, introducing them to the Q principle. And hey, by the way, my name is Marco. Nice to meet you. Here's my story. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's fantastic when you rejig your mind and sometimes you get prompted by people in your life to look at things differently, how the world opens up to you
1: one thing we like to do on this show uh with all of our guests anybody that we interview is we like to talk to them about foundations that they support uh that they're very passionate about and that they want to get more information out to more people so we like two brothers one Mike to always be that Avenue or at least one of those avenues if if possible when we're done here what we're going to do is we're going to be able to if we can, give people a link in the description of this particular podcast on how they could learn more about the Q principle and also about the Rick Hansen foundation, uh, Mm -hmm. if possible and any other foundations that you hold near and dear to your heart so that people can actually click on the link and either learn more about it, maybe how to contact you, um, for, for for any, whether they want to donate, to the particular foundation, whether they want to know what can they do to, to book uh, a Marco Pasqua to come speak uh, at their business events and things of that nature. If, if that's okay with you.
2: Of course I would yeah. love that. Yeah. There's yeah. so many organizations I can think of. So I'm yeah. more than happy to provide you with some links.
1: Okay. that will be great. Uh, but before, before we end the show today, let's go back in time. <laughs> so we started the show with that, and now we're going to go back to the beginning. Uh, and and what I want to ask you is, we we briefly mentioned that there was an actor in the show, uh, uh, Back to the Future, in the movie Back to the Future, that you related to, and that actor was Michael J. Fox. Uh, a little bit about that, because from our understanding, you guys grew up in the same community.
2: Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Michael only grew up about 20 minutes from where I live. And uh, as it happens, uh, his family uh, doesn't live too, too far from me. And and uh, his nephew uh, actually has a disability as well. And so I grew up uh, getting to know his nephew a little bit, not knowing that uh, they were related even at the time. And uh, and so when I learned that there was a connection there and then I also you know, followed Mike's career as he was, uh, as he was kind of, you know, growing up as I was growing up, he was obviously a little bit older than me. But I was just so inspired by that. And then when he acquired Parkinson's disease, and he was learning uh, to kind of, adapt to his life with Parkinson's that really said I said to myself wait a minute if there's a guy from my neighborhood who can acquire a disability and still go through all the things that he went through and be a a massive success a massive celebrity then he is definitely somebody that not only I can be inspired by as Marty McFly but as Michael J. Fox the individual himself and although Michael's gone through so many different trials and tribulations within his acquired disability and although my uh, you know ha- took place from birth there are so many little nuggets that I've taken away from Mike's various books that he's written and all the things that he's done in his life to overcome adversity that just really inspired me and that's honestly why I wanted to get involved in, in Back to the Future and uh, and the Back in Time movie. In fact uh, real briefly how I ended up getting involved in Back in Time is that the the director was doing a Kickstarter for, uh, you know, getting the the video off the ground uh, when he first started. And I remember going uh, and finding the page and it going, Oh, the Kickstarter is over. They've closed it. Um, you know, I, I guess they acquired all the funds, but you know, using my own cube principle, I said, "No, I'm going to approach this director authentically." So, uh, I got his contact details through the Kickstarter. I emailed him a very nice basically one-page email explaining who I was, explaining my connection um to to Michael J. Fox's family and that I really wish I had an opportunity to to give to the campaign, if nothing more, but to make sure that his project gets off the ground. And as luck would have it, he was actually going to be opening up a second page for a second round of funding. And he said to me, Marco, your story is so inspirational about how much Back to the Future. And for those who have video, you can see behind me, I have Back to the Future paraphernalia and all this stuff all, all around me. I've got a DeLorean, I've got so many different things. And uh, and the, the director, Jason Aaron, he said to me, um, how would you like to uh, become an associate producer Uh, on the project and and in addition to that your story has inspired me so much that i'd be willing to fly out to vancouver and see well you know we'll just record something and see what's there and see what we can find and if it makes sense we'll even put that in the film and so i want to tell that side of the story because i want people to never give up when they see something that they truly feel like they could contribute to or they want to give to don't look at something as oh it's a closed door i might as well just give up there's always an opportunity and if you take a shot in the dark you never know what's going to happen and through that sequence of events of me just sending one single email uh the director reached out to me and it was able to make this impact and i was able to really make the film premiered um across canada here uh, as an associate producer throughout the film and and even have just that 2 minute excerpt of my life uh briefly mentioned uh in its uh you know in that very small segment uh for the rest of time and yeah. so i'm so touched by that And it's led me to meet guys like you. It's led me to meet other people across the UK. After the film came out, actually, it was initially on Netflix. um, I had people around the world contacting me, which was a real flattering thing because it was only a two-minute clip, as you remember, Tony. It was a very short clip. Um, And I had one one individual from the UK who was so inspired by what I said that she actually... um, took a photo of a poster that she drew out that said cube principle and it had creatively utilize your best energy and she told me that she's taped that poster to her ceiling so that every single morning she reminds herself to creatively utilize her best energy and as a Canadian guy who's never met this person in my entire life to know that there's somebody in the UK who's using my mantra now to motivate and inspire themselves every single day I was completely beside myself so I, I hope that that little story really resonates with people and that you realize that it doesn't matter who you are and what walk of life that you're in, there's an opportunity for your life story to inspire somebody. So get out there and start inspiring.
1: I I could tell you this, it definitely resonates with people and that two minutes is a very powerful uh, two minutes for sure because I don't think you were talking for 20 seconds and I was sitting up and completely... Attentive to everything you were saying. And again, it immediately struck me as, is there any way that we can get this gentleman on our show to talk about overcoming and uh, aspiring to so much that he's already done. And I think people today who are listening to this show, if this isn't uh, inspirational, (laughs) (laughs) inspirational, uh, I don't know what is. Um, This is that it's, it's, I, sometimes do do you ever here's a question mm-hmm. Do you ever watch something that was videoed of you speaking?
2: yeah i have from time to time absolutely especially because my parents were the uber proud people who would play on repeat a lot of the clips that would be of me when i was a kid and things so even if i wanted to turn away i couldn't in my family because we're a very loud and proud family um so i have watched some of the things over in the in the past and uh And uh, every once in a while, I'll catch my wife, you know, watching a clip of me, you know, speaking on stage or something like this or or showing my daughter. And it just kind of it it fills my heart with joy um, to know that my wife can say, that's daddy, that's daddy on stage. Right. Um, So, yeah, absolutely. There has been times where I've watched some stuff back.
1: Yeah. Well, so when you watch it, what are your thoughts as you're watching yourself speak? Do you feel do you feel yourself motivated by watching yourself, inspired—I keep using that word—inspired by okay. watching, by watching yourself and realizing. Sometimes when I, sometimes when I watch myself, mm. I start to realize the passion I have. There's been times where Joe has filmed me because this is what Joe <laughs> does: videography and and filming and photography. He will yeah. film me talking to a group of athletes at a clinic mm. or a camp. And I never really realized the passion. I I know I had it, but when I actually watched myself at times, it dawned on me maybe the second or third time he showed me a video of me. Wow, I really, I I never really, you know, stepped outside of myself to watch myself. Is that something that you do sometimes?
2: Does it catch you off guard? It does catch me off guard. In fact, I I like to consider myself a heart centered entrepreneur. Um, I do everything uh, from from my core, you know, and it's I don't know if you have the same experience, Tony, but when I give a talk, uh, first of all, none of my talks are scripted, ever. Uh, So I can give a talk on a stage for 60 minutes, and there's literally no Uh, There's no script at all. In fact, it drives event planners crazy because they want to know word for word what I'm going to say in a keynote. And I say, well, I can't provide you that, but I can provide you bullet points of the takeaways you're going to receive. And the reason for that is that for me, it's going to sound strange, but it's a bit of an out of body experience. I get in the zone of knowing exactly what I want to accomplish or what I want to say. And I don't even know what I'm going to say next, but it just comes out. And not everybody has that talent, but I'm telling you that for me, it's like I channel someone or I channel something inside of myself that's so beyond my physical self that I just know that it's the right thing in the right moment. And sometimes I need to rewatch it just to know exactly how I phrased it or framed it. So even though I may have some core topics that I deliver to organizations that is similar, it's always a little bit different because I pick up on the energy of the audience or I pick up on the energy of the organization or the takeaways that they're looking for. And it's always slightly different, those variations. And so absolutely, sometimes I've watched myself and say, wait a minute, I understand now, I can see how people really understood the fire behind that message, or they understood um, how I was saying, get up and go right now and do this. And I think that that's really good. But I also think that it's really important to keep your ego in check. I'm I'm somebody that really understands that that being a, a person who is selfless, who gives um, you know, not because they want the accolade, but because they want the impact is so, so important. And so humility, I think, is um, w- one of the things that is most important to me. And in fact, my family crest is tattooed over my heart. And in Italian, I have written in scripture, respect. Pride and courage, not pride in the sinful way, but pride of being actually proud of your accomplishments and having the courage to get out there and do the things you were meant to do. And so, respecting myself, respecting my family name and the messages I put out there, having pride for what it is that I present and put out there and the work that I accomplish and do, and having the courage. Um, even if it scares me to get out there and to keep on doing it. And it serves as a constant reminder for me, even in any of the talks that I do, that I have to remind myself of that so I can continue to be the best version of me.
0: Uh,
1: You just finished this interview with the, with the, the best possible phrase you could have used your version of the best you. And and which is exactly what we say so often here on on Mike. That's kind of our, our cliche. That's kind of our, our go-to being the best Jew. And, and it's interesting enough. It's interesting enough. I'm going to have one more question for you in a second, because it's going to kind of tie in Joe to next week's show, which is going to be about what?
0: Yeah. Next week we're doing a bit of a 180 at the end of every one of our shows. Tony always uh, tells people, as he just said, be the best you. But what if you were to be the worst you? What is that all about? So Tony, why don't you go ahead and elaborate? So next week's show is basically going
1: to be about being the worst you, not so much um, uh, more of what is it that makes you the worst you. So I'm going to talk a little bit about different situations in my life, where I find myself being the worst me, where I'm not at my best uh, with my, you know, whether it's your responsibilities, whether it's how you treat others, what is it that is is causing you uh, to be irritated, to be uh, repulsed, Um, we are human beings, we're going to talk about that, And what is it that causes us in life on a daily basis or a weekly basis, a monthly basis to be not at the top of our game when it comes to being inspired uh, and, and, and passionate about something that is, you know, good for us things. They always say it's a lot less uh, to smile. There's you don't use as many muscles to smile as you do to frown. And, and so when it comes to being, the worst you what is it that causes that and what are the steps that we can take to avoid that or to overcome that so marco my last my last question for you today is what what uh, is there even i don't even know if there is for you what makes it a situation for marco pasqua where it's a day where he finds himself in a situation that makes him the worst him
2: yeah, oh wow, that's a it's a loaded question, but I'll I'll try my best to answer. Uh I would say that, you know, everybody is human being and reminding yourself of that. And I think that for me, um, you know, when the cards feel stacked against me, uh is when um maybe my cerebral palsy is acting up. Now, I want to be clear in that CP is not a uh a, a Uh, disability. It it doesn't degrade over time or or become worse. But just like any human, um, if you don't use it, you'll lose it, as they say, right? And so if I don't keep myself in top physical shape, then the impacts of my cerebral palsy are going to be that much more noticeable than your average person. And so if I haven't really gone to the gym, if I've been unhealthy for any length of time or doing things like this, or maybe I'm walking somewhere because I can walk short distances and my hip gives out and I collapse. And fall on the ground, and I got to pick myself back up. You know, I am not uh, immune to feeling uh, upset or feeling sorry for myself from time to time, and getting frustrated. But I think that uh, as as you hear in, in in Rocky and many other films, it's not how many times you get knocked down; it's it's uh, you know what you do to bring yourself back up, right? Yeah. And so I I really have to always remind myself that I could sit there and have a pity party all day long about things that I couldn't control. Or I can understand that the one thing that I can control is my attitude and my perception of the situation, and nobody else can control that. So, learning, looking in myself and learning how to look at it as there is no win and lose, there's only win and learn. Right. And so, what can I learn from the situation? I'm not losing out of anything. I just need to find the lesson that is there. And sometimes there isn't that lesson and you're frustrated and you might look up at the gods and say, ah, curse you or whatever the case may be. But I really think... That that is the human experience, whether how long or how short we have on this planet. It's to have an understanding that we're all reflections of each other, you know, and you could call that as airy-fairy as you want. But, you know, I truly think that, you know, there's so many songs that say it all comes back to love and it always does come back to love. You have to learn to love yourself. You have to learn to love your neighbor and those around you, because even people who are, are mean to you or hateful, they may just not understand you yet. And so give yourself an opportunity to be kind to yourself in your lowest moments, pull yourself out of that loathing and turn it into your superpower because it does exist there. And it just takes like any anything. It's like muscle memory. You train yourself over and over and over again to do it. And it becomes easier and easier to get out of that slump. But, um, you know, I'll close by saying that I am not somebody that was uh, as I said earlier, immune to these things. And I struggled with uh, depression for many, many years. You know, I, I think people don't realize that some of the best comedians in the world, like Robin wolf Williams, for example, he struggled with uh, depression, as we all know, and some of the biggest actors, comedians, people that you would think are funny and have nothing but the best things to say about life are actually struggling from the inside. And I had those struggles, but I had to learn how to admit them to myself myself before I could improve myself. There is no shame in having um, uh, mental health issues, uh, anxiety or depression, but it's about learning how to grow from those experiences day by day. And it is going to be a challenge, but you're going to get there. So believe it or not, I've done a lot of self-work to get myself to where I am today, to not let those depression clouds kind of billow on me and, and take me over. Um, and it's still a learning process. But I have some good people on my team, like my wife and my daughter, um, who keep me coming back uh, to become, the, as we said, the best version of myself.
1: Yeah. Mr. Marco Pasqua, we cannot thank you enough for the inspirational interview that you have given us today. I do not see anybody who is either listening via audio or watching via video that would feel any differently than both Joe and myself feel today. Um, Truly from the bottom of our hearts, we appreciate it and we are hoping, truly hoping... That we will see you again in the near future here on Two Brothers One Mike for sure, Uh, because I I feel like there's so much more that you you can bring. I I don't think I think today was one one hundredth of everything that Marco Pasqua can bring with energy and inspiration to so many people. So we're looking forward to that. I'm already we're already booking you. By the way, that did you did
0: you, you? Thank you. Yeah did you by chance catch that the worst version of him was just as inspirational as Everything that she had to say about being the worst version of himself was just as motivational and inspirational as everything that is great about him. Aww. So, yes, you definitely have to come back. That's for sure. Oh,
2: th- thanks, guys. I really <laughs> appreciate that. And, and as long as you have the door open for me, I will certainly come back. That's for sure. Um, I would just uh, I know you're going to share some links later, but the one link that I'll give to everybody, if they do want to learn more about who I am and what I do, it's pretty simple. They can just go to my, my website, marcopasco.com, and there's um you know sublinks to all of the other factors. Assets of the work that i've done um, through my website i'm sure you guys will have that in the show notes um, but i'll also following this interview provide you with some links uh, to some organizations and some content that i think is really worthwhile for the listeners and the viewers
1: absolutely awesome absolutely awesome thank you
0: so much joe take us out of here all right well until then i want to remind all of you be sure to give us a rating or review on your favorite broadcast service also, if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, or opinions, you can leave us a voice message via the link in this episode's description. And finally, remember to join us each week as we release new new episodes every Wednesday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, on behalf of myself, Coach Tony, and Mr. Marco Pasqua, thanks for listening. Be the best inspirational you out there, everybody. Take care. We'll see you next week, Joe, Mr.
1: Marco Pasqua. I'm out of here. See ya.